Hello and welcome to an episode of the newest Spotify podcast, The Football Fanatic, in relation to the beautiful game that we all know and love. This is the first ever episode I'm launching onto this podcast and I knew that I had to start it off with a bang. And oh my, am I starting off with a bang. This is the biggest news in football history and there is no doubt about it. This is the most shocking transfer that we have ever seen. And when we're talking about history, when we're talking about the biggest, there's only one man we can talk about, and that is the greatest of all time. Lionel Messi has moved from lifelong club FC Barcelona to PSG, reuniting with Neymar and reforming that trio they had back in Barcelona with the MSN Messi Suarez Neymar. And forget the MSN, it's the new era, the new age. We are now in the M&M, Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. This trio has to carry PSG to their first ever Champions League, but it won't be so easy. Today we're going to be talking about how the Messi transfer happened, how PSG have pulled off such an impressive transfer window to what people are calling maybe the best transfer window in football history, as well as talking about what team I believe they should field for the upcoming 21-22 season. And finally, what challenges they will face despite having this star-studded team and being favourites for a Champions League. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Again, there's only one place we can go and that is to the transfer market. And they have signed five marquee players who I believe can truly take PSG to the next level. So we should probably begin in order of the least exciting to the most exciting. And when the least exciting is Jorginho Wijnaldum, you know the rest of the list is quite crazy. Wijnaldum has been the most consistent player for Liverpool in the past decade. He has always been at 8 out of 10. He has always been the player Liverpool fans relied on and he was very loved at the club. Unfortunately for Liverpool fans, he did move on. At the age of 30, he's probably looking for a long-term plan to settle to a club in his final few years at the elite stage of football. Wijnaldum can form an incredible partnership with Verratti and replace the likes of Danilo Pereira or Sandro Herades. And the thing with Wijnaldum is that he isn't that type of midfielder that you see nowadays, such as a Pedri who likes to get forward, a player like Bruno Fernandes. Now, the thing with Wijnaldum is he is more of a Thiago type player. A player who wins the ball in the middle of the park from interceptions and zonal marking, from just reading the game and using his football IQ and knowledge to the maximum he can. Unlike Verratti, who is a very aggressive player and likes to play forwards like an Angolo Kante, which is a very good comparison when you think of it, between a player who doesn't lose stamina and gives everything he has until the final whistle with defensive prowess and a mind set for a counter-attack, which is what both of those players provide. Although Verratti isn't the quickest, he's always in the right position at the right time, which limits the amount of ground he is forced to cover. Him and Wijnaldum will probably force a complementary partnership and it will just be really brilliant to watch those two supplying passes to the likes of Neymar, Mbappe and of course Lionel Messi 
Moving on to Italy. Two signings from Italy. We'll start off with Ashraf Hakimi. Ashraf Hakimi has kind of an exceptional career. And do I have a story to tell you? He started off at Real Madrid Castilla as a right winger and eventually was converted to a right wing back. We needed him during Carvajal's injuries and he really stepped up to the occasion. I remember his debut. He was brilliant. He, was, he wasn't out of place at all. It didn't even seem like Carvajal was injured. And he was part of a back line that was very established, including Sergio Ramos, his current teammate again, uh, Rafael Varane, who has gone to Manchester United, and Marcelo, as well as Keylor Navas, who he's also partnering up with again. And after his performances, it was quite clear we had a talent on our hands. But due to us not being able to promise him game time, we sent him on a loan to buy option to Borussia Dortmund. There he linked up with Jadon Sancho and Haaland and they quite literally tore up every single defence in the Bundesliga, which led to Hakimi being nominated for player of the season alongside Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland. And honestly, Hakimi played with exceptional players. During 2016-17, he played with a prime bail, an unreal version of Ronaldo, Karim Benzema, an amazing Casemiro, Cruz, Modric, Apran, Marcelo, Ramos, Baran, and Navas, and do I really need to name more? And then moving to Dortmund to seal a partnership with the likes of Jadon Sancho, player who has moved to Man United and could be part of that Mbappe Haaland talk, as well as playing then to Inter Milan and winning them the Scudetto after how many years of Juve dominance? He was clearly the difference with that partnership he formed with Lotaro Martinez and Lukaku. Coached by Antonio Conte, Conte managed to transform him into a right midfielder slash right winger and where he is today is tearing up defences on the right flank for now PSG on the right wing. Moving from one side of Milan to another, Gianluigi Donnarumma who has just had an exceptional Euro campaign. He won the Euros and winning the player of the tournament, becoming the first ever goalkeeper to do so. And that was not by accident. That was not a product of Italy's performances. That was a product of Donnarumma's allegiance to Italy and his pure dominance in the penalty shootouts against Spain and England, eventually making the tournament-winning save for Italy against England, which was heartbreaking for Jadon Sancho, Bukayo Saka and Rashford. But that's football and I'm sure they'll be back stronger. But Donnarumma, in the end, walked off after saving Bukayo Saka's pen in the coldest way possible, not even knowing that he just won the Euros for his country after many years and proving that goalkeepers can also reach the highest individual level because that is clearly overlooked by many people around the world following the fact that in over 80 years of football, Lev Yashin is the only ever goalkeeper to win the Ballon d'Or. Moving on from Italy, we move to Spain. And not just Spain, the two biggest clubs in Spain, the two biggest clubs in the world. Starting off with Real Madrid, captain Sergio Ramos had left the club after an illustrious career, after long-serving, going through many generations of Real Madrid, from the Galactico period to the back-to-back-to-back Champions League wins. He was Ramos, a 
a leader. He was the greatest captain Real Madrid will ever have and the most important player in our history after Cristiano Ronaldo. And I don't see anyone topping off what he did. However, the thing about Ramos that people don't realize is that his quality is so high, no matter what age he is, he will never decline to a point where he is an average or below average defender. Although sometimes his form isn't great, form is temporary, but his class is permanent, and you don't lose that certain level of class when you are literally one of the best defenders of all time. But now, we, I think it's time we address the elephant in the room. Lionel Messi has moved from FC Barcelona to PSG on a free and, of course, on a crazy contract, as he deserves. Although I do think footballers get paid too much, Messi had no choice but to move to PSG on this one. La Liga's new rules has meant that Barcelona were over 50% maxed out on wage bills. And they needed to remove 50%. The loss of Messi only managed to remove it from 120% to 90%. The max was 75%. So to the people who believe that Messi is crying for no reason when he can just play for free, he physically cannot play when they are still over 15% in wage bill. Players like Umtiti, Griezmann, Piquet, Busquets, players who are simply not as important as Messi and will never be as important as Messi, refuse to take a pay cut, which is understandable because they are human beings and in the end they want to make the same amount of money as the others in the football industry are making. On the other hand, I'm sure, I'm sure that they could have taken off a few extra K to save the best player in the world and Barcelona were going to have a very exciting season. But now, I guess we'll never know how they would have planned out with, you know, Messi in their side. Memphis Depay, Eric Garcia, uh, Aguero, all these players are actually in serious trouble and serious. there is serious worry around the new camp because they are not registered as Barca are still ahead of the wage bill. Although something needs to be done, it will never, ever fix the pain of losing their greatest ever player and football's greatest ever player, Lionel Messi. Now, for me, this looks great. The transfers look great. However, putting it onto a team sheet is a completely different story. Now, in goal, I believe it should be Donnarumma, even though... It pains me to see Keylor Navas get replaced like this again. Keylor Navas was at his peak when we signed Courtois. And we decided to get rid of him for no reason at all. He was a main reason that we won the third Champions League in a row. A fantastic goalkeeper. And now again, coming off of a great season, he's being replaced by Gianluigi Donnarumma. As much as I don't want to see it, PSG are not going to pay the wage bill of the most expensive goalkeeper in terms of value in the world right now, and they will definitely be making a profit on Donnarumma, meaning he will definitely start. I would play a 3-4-1-2 for PSG, as for me, the best way they can get the most out of their attacking brilliance and their midfield brilliance is 
by playing three at the back and going all out on possession and counterattacks and building up to goal. So for me, the three centre-backs should be Sergio Ramos, an all-time great. We've already discussed him and I'm sure he is going to block every single French league striker from a sight of goal because Sergio Ramos, again, is on another level. Marquinhos next to him, one of the best defenders in the world. He, he's very all-round, he's fast, he's good on the ball and he's quite strong and he's learned from Thiago Silva as well as now learning from Sergio Ramos. So we could be talking about a serious potential centre-back that could become one of the best one day. And then we move on to Presno Kimpembe, the machine, the warrior, a World Cup winner. He definitely will be the one sweeping up any mistakes or any times Marquinhos or Ramos are caught in possession because of his raw pace, his raw strength. He is a serious problem for all attackers, not just in the French League, but in the world of football. Right mid, Hakimi, I think, again, he needs to play on the right flank. Conte has transformed him to play an attacking role, but also have enough ground to cover to get back defensively. As we all know, Hakimi is a very versatile player who can play almost anywhere in the pitch. And I think it really suits him there to play on the right midfield position. In the centre midfield, I think, again, Vinaldum Verratti, we already discussed this. It's almost like a Kante Thiago pairing. It complements each other brilliantly. It's perfect. I can't wait to see them supply the MM with assists and just brilliant attacks because it's a very strong midfield duo. Left mid, I'm going to go for Neymar. I believe Neymar drops a lot in his performances. I watched a lot of games. He likes to drop deep like Harry Kane, pick up the ball and take it forward to win a foul, win a penalty. We all know Neymar loves a tumble and just take it around defenders and glide past them like he always does. The camp spot, I am putting Di Maria. I think he's very underrated. I would usually put Neymar at cam to supply the two strikers who we both know who that will be. And the issue with Neymar there is that he won't stick to it and it will leave a massive hole which will allow opponents to cover and not allow much movement for Messi or Mbappe. I feel Di Maria cuts inside a lot in his game and it really would suit him to play in that camp position. Strikers, Messi, Mbappe. Not much needs to be set here. Mbappe, explosive, can turn in two seconds from walking to his top speed. Messi, the creator, the guy who can pick out a pass from nothing, the guy who can shoot from anywhere in a rocket in, like his goal against PSG in the Champions League last season. We all know Messi, we all know Mbappe, we all know Neymar. It will be a field day for them in League 1. Now, a shocking topic, I must say, but the truth is, PSG might have it much harder than people think in the Champions League. There are three reasons to this. The first reason is, as much as it hurts to say, Mauricio Pochettino. I have a soft spot for him, seeing how he brought Tottenham, a trophyless club for about 50 years, to the Champions League final. For them to go out the way they did after the Lucas Moura miracle in Amsterdam, it does hurt to see him in that manner. But Tuchel took PSG to the Champions League final. I think Pochettino can do the same. Can Pochettino win it? That's a different story. Pochettino managed to lose the league to Lille, but 
For me, I believe that's just a lack of discipline from the players, and I hope Pochettino sets a standard straight, and bringing in Ramos and Messi will really put in a sense of professionalism and maturity as well as dedication to just win every trophy PSG can possibly get. Maybe this is finally their year where they prove that money can buy trophies. Much as I don't want to see it, PSG are looking incredibly strong. Pochettino will be interesting to see how he fares with a team of this magnitude. Second reason is pretty obvious one, the difficulty of Ligue 1. Although they lost the league last season, again, as I said, I believe it was more of a disciplinary problem than a skill problem. If PSG are at 100%, if they go all out for this league, there is no way they don't win the league by at least 20 points. They are going to smash this league in half. And players like Di Maria, Hakimi and Mbappe might be scoring way more goals than you think. Messi and Neymar like to drop and take a free roll in the attacking third, as well as create chances. And you'll see maybe a much stronger team effort than people thought, because a lot of people believe that the trio will be the ones who take PSG to the next level. But I don't think anyone can carry in this team. Of course, you have Messi, but he is not human. However, the rest of the team, it's all fairly balanced. It's all a brilliant team. And we'll just have to watch and see how far they can go. However, a problem for me, again, is difficulty of the league. The league is too easy that they might be caught up in their own world and believe that every match is easy and that they can just walk into a Champions League not putting full focus and full dedication towards any Champions League fixtures. And this could really impact them brutally and embarrass them. I believe that it's a two-year project and if they don't win the Champions League, there needs to be a serious talk into what the future of PSG should be. The defence is very disciplined, very professional, very experienced and players like Ramos and Messi and Marquinhos and even the likes of Di Maria are going to set the standard of professionalism and make sure that no one is caught up in their own world after smashing in someone like Marseille 6-0 because Messi scored three bicycle kicks and Mbappe scored three scorpion kicks. No, 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 it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be that easy between the Champions League and the French League. There's a reason people call it the Farmers League, although I do feel there are some top quality teams in Ligue 1, such as Lyon. Lyon have lost too many players. Monaco as well lost players like Bernardo Silva, Mbappe, of course, Van Mendy, and a lot more that really could have built Monaco to Champions League qualifications and winning the league like they did a few years back. In the end, I'd, I expect nothing but, but perfection from this PSG side. They've got every asset possible. If they can't win it, then I don't know who can. Uh, there has to be a winner in the end, but PSG need to make a statement and prove that they are serious business. And Neymar needs to, in my eyes, be more dedicated like he used to be. I think it's an embarrassment for Neymar that he hasn't won the Ballon d'Or in the recent times that Messi and Ronaldo are slightly starting to decline, which is sad to see. But Mbappe is shining on Neymar right now. And Neymar did leave PSG to escape from Messi's shadow and set his own path light and 
let the world know how good he is. But Mbappe has stolen it from him because of potentially the flashy lights of Paris or fashion brands or the money. Well, Neymar isn't the same player he used to be. Although he's got the talent, players like him, Hazard, Balotelli, are always going to have bags of ability, but they will never know how far it could have taken them without the hard work and dedication. That's why we see Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi at the top. The third reason is probably the most shocking, and no one would have expected this. However, I think the trio is a bit of a problem. Eminem is very imbalanced. As I said before, Neymar really likes to drop deep and pick up the ball from center mid positions, left mid positions, right mid positions, it doesn't matter. He wants the ball and he wants to take it forward to create a chance. However, this type of play will open up a gap in the left side of the pitch or in the middle of the pitch and it will quickly take up a lot of space. And Messi and Mbappe will find it hard to connect plays and Neymar and Messi will find it hard to build that chemistry together within the pitch like they used to have at Barcelona. Don't get me wrong, Barcelona did have Iniesta, Xavi, Busquets and Verratti and Vinaldo are no Xavi and Iniesta. However, they can be people who can replicate the same numbers that Neymar and Messi hit at Barcelona, especially in an easier league. Mbappe, on the other hand, in that imbalanced trio, likes to go wide like Cristiano Ronaldo as a role of a striker, likes to go wide, take around players, cross it in, win a corner, win a penalty, or go alone. And this opens up the striker position, and the more you open up, the more space needs to be taken, and the quicker an attack could be broken down, and straight away, you are losing on the counter, and the other team go ahead and score. So, I think Messi needs to be the one to take the free role, and Neymar and Mbappe need to stick to their positions, and Messi and Di Maria are there to create, and manage to unlock the defences of Ligue 1, and just unleash that brutal attack of Neymar, Mbappe, Messi, Di Maria. It'll be a great season, and I can't wait to see how good PSG are. Anyway, guys, that's going to be the end of today's episode. I really advise you to check out our YouTube channel at The Football Fanatic. Uh, we'll be doing live watch-alongs of every big team, your favorite team. We'll be doing expected lineups, match previews, match reviews. FPL, even um, stories like this about how PSG are going to fare the next season and it will just be a blast and you guys will really enjoy it if you are into football, if you love the beautiful game. But for now, I've been the Football Fanatic. Take care. Be sure to check us out on all social media platforms at the Football Fanatic. Peace.